Hello and welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder and CEO of NC Real Estate, which is my firm of sayers, which is designed to help you grow, build commercial and mixed use property portfolios. If you want to find out more about that, you can head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk, where there is a wealth of information that you are going to need to start moving into that commercial and mixed use space, if that is for you. Hi, everybody. It has been a while since I have jumped behind the podcast microphone. Um, This is coming up to the end of my formal maternity leave. I'm going to start jumping back into NC Real Estate part-time as of next week. And I am feeling so good. I think I needed a break from running a company. Um, That may sound really, really strange, but just being able to jump out of it, getting started with getting to know Harry, getting us on a routine, um, being able to do things in a slower pace of life. Yes, I still know what's going on at NC Real Estate. Yes, I've been informed along the way, but not having to do the heavy lifting and instead focusing on my little family has been fabulous, really, really fabulous. And that will continue to a certain extent because I'm not jumping back into NC Real Estate full time. I am going to stagger that and see how that looks as well. But my workload is that that I don't need to be on calls every single day and I can do my admin and the smaller bits that don't require me to be recording things on the other days when Harry is asleep. Um, But that's not to say I don't enjoy that too, but I really do enjoy running a business and doing everything around that. One thing that hasn't stopped over the last couple of months is I still have a property portfolio to run. That doesn't just close down because um, I decided to have a baby. So I have still been doing things around my property portfolio and it is the most frustrating things. Remortgages and land registry. Can I just have a bit of a moan, a second? Land registry, I don't understand how you can be so slow right now. We are not in COVID times anymore. And unless you have loads of people who have left you and not come back because you can't hire for some reason, I don't know what the excuse is on processing anymore. I really, really don't. Yes, there is a high number of transactions, but in all seriousness, Buying and selling property in the UK takes so long as it is. Land registry is core to this. I don't understand. Four months to register something on a title. Four months. How? And then you can expedite. Expedite? Expedite? Expedite, I think is the the, uh, correct terminology. So... Ultimately, there's a two queue system. And if you have a good reason to expedite now, you can cut the queue. So I assume that everybody is cutting the queue to expedite their their title registration because you have to have a valid reason to expedite. And things like remortgaging, um, taking finance out, needing to get onto different lending, that all really helps you 
with your case for expedition. Again, sorry about the language if it's wrong. Um, So I assume that everybody is doing that, which is slowing the expedition process down, even though that's only meant to take 10 business days, which means, all of this means, that I have spent months trying to get off my second charge bridge. And at the time of recording, that still hasn't happened. And that has been because of the slowdown in land registry. At this moment in time, it's cost me an extra £3,000 to stay on this bridge that I shouldn't have. Now, land registry did finally um, register the second charge for um, Just Cash Flow, who are the second charge lenders. But then, obviously, my new lender, Virgin Money, I've wanted to slow everything down again. They were absolutely fine to proceed. They were saying to me I was being slow with the second charge being updated on the um, land registry. So I moved mountains every single morning. Um, The minute I'd done my first feed of the day, I'd be like, right, get on the phone. Who do I need to talk to? Sorting all of that out. Um, And then it was done. So I told them it was done. I was like, go for it. Complete on the remortgage. And they're like oh, hold on a minute, we need proof of the fact that this property is titled what it is. Excuse me? Excuse me? Are you just trying to have me on? So at this moment in time, I'm sat in another holding pattern with Virgin Money who want to verify my council tax statement. Come on. Seriously? Are you having me on Virgin Money? Probably. Probably, probably, probably. Um, And I have sat on hold with their solicitors, just trying to move them along. Their solicitors always say everything is fine, we're good to go. And then, nope, we're not. You want another piece of information? Come on, stop time wasting. Surely it is better for everybody, for absolutely everybody involved. You two solicitors, conveyances, whoever you are acting on behalf of Virgin Money. just ask for everything all at once. Why why on earth do you have to think, I'll ask for one piece of information at a time, especially when I've written to you three times saying, just tell me everything that you need and let me get it done. Time wasting, cannot stand it. That seems to have been what's happened here and it's costing me a lot of money. It is annoying. But hopefully I'm going to get that off soon. Key lesson to everybody, um, if you need to get off some sort of lending or some sort of charge, expedite it. Get your solicitors to do it. Expedite it with land registry. Don't even hang about. Don't wait and think, oh, yeah, land registry are going to act quickly. They are not. They are absolutely not. Um, So note to everybody, that's something that you need to be doing. So that was that. (laughs) That's been happening. Number two, Got our Charleston house let on a three-month letting, which is great. $4,100 a month. Incredible. That is the same as what we'd be getting on Airbnb as a short-term letting. Yeah. We pulled that out the bag. And I have to give my credit where credit is due to um, Charleston Property Company, who've done the letting, and they're now doing the management. Um and let me say that I am, we are getting the same net income as we were um, when we were Airbnb. There is nothing changed. They just up the rent so that we could um, make sure 
to um, be getting the same amount of money in. And we had, I think it was around 28 inquiries and they just took it the minute that our Airbnb guest left. What an absolute result. And that means that because we're still doing short-term lettings, we can still go and use it as a holiday house when we want to head back on over to Charleston, which I will be doing out of season so that we can still get down to the beaches if we know it's going to be hot. Um, so amazing, amazing that that worked. But truth be told, that is the, a stunning property in the most gorgeous location. And I spent so long last year doing it up, if you remember. So all of that hard work of spending my weekends doing up it paid off it paid off um so long may that continue so that's what I've been working on um you didn't expect me to stop in the background did you I really do always want to keep working on my property portfolio that's something that is personal to me for those of you listening well all of you listening probably have property portfolios it's a labor of love right you find the time when you haven't got anything else going on and you'll squeeze it in. And in my mind, I always think to myself, well, this phone call, if I make it, I could make a thousand pounds or 60,000 pounds or whatever this phone call is going to make me. Why wouldn't I make the phone call? I'm not just going to sit on my hands. The same as if I've got tenants who aren't paying rent, I don't think, hmm. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. I said, I shoot them a quick WhatsApp or I phone them. You know, there is always time in my day to do that. And yes, it may look harder. Um, and certainly I have to do it around the potential for a baby to start crying or him to get upset. But at the same time, this is providing me with my pension pot. This has helped me, um, be able to have maternity leave it's helped me to build my business you know all of these things that my investments enable me to do why wouldn't I be making those phone calls what it takes me 30 minutes max or maybe I'm on hold and whilst I'm on hold I'm doing other things right it's that simple and and you have to as an investor get into that mindset sometimes you have to think I'm just going to make that phone call I'm just going to send that email just going to do this for five minutes Um, there is always time in the day for that. Um, And I know you may be tired and I know everything else may have gone on, but why don't you just make the phone call, send the email, keep moving your property portfolio forward because it's these small things that you do which add up to longer, to growth over the long term. So there we have it. I'll keep you updated with my property portfolio as we're going on and on and on and on. Today, what did I want to talk to you about? Something that I can see in my inbox, I'm being asked a lot about, and thank you to my team who have picked up whilst I have been away. How to use your SaaS pension to invest in commercial property? Huge amounts of questions around that. This is predominantly because just before I had Harry, um, I did a lot of speaking events at... um, SAS groups. So thank you everybody for still getting in contact. Um, I love it. I love the questions. I love the emails that I'm I'm getting. And I thought I would address 
what we've been doing with our clients in this podcast so that you know how we're doing it. So first and foremost, I am a surveyor. I am not a tax expert. I am not a pensions expert. My job starts once you have set up your SAS pension, you've got your trustees in place um, and you would come to me and you would say to me, hey, Natasha, um, can you help me build a property portfolio using my SAS pension? That is where I get involved. All right. So I don't do anything with the setting up. I don't know the ins and outs of it. And quite frankly, I have to work very closely with your trustees to make sure that we're investing in the right things. I always ask my clients to go to their trustees and get me a list and get me the rules for their SAS pension. And I completely don't know what that is called, but I, but most um, of my clients can provide me with an outline of what you can invest in, what you can't invest in, and also um, how the trustees want to play it in terms of your pension. I know it's pretty standard for every single pension, but I just need to make sure that your trustees are giving you good advice. They know that you're working on this so that they can advise too. We don't work in silos. If you've got experts on your team, we have to work with the experts on your team, right? Okay, so we first ask, as I said, we we get the breakdown of exactly what you can invest in, what the rules are around that as well, so that we can build a strategy out from there. So what I know we come across, and again, this is coming from me working with uh, clients who are using their SAS pensions to invest in um, property. I personally don't have a SAS pension. Um, that could change, but at the moment, um, I didn't start out as a SAS pension. I was in corporate. My pensions are in some corporate pension funds. I know I should take them out, but they're only worth about £13,000. Nothing. My property portfolio is worth far more. It's in the multi-millions at the moment, right? So I don't have a SAS pension because I was not of the generation who built up these huge pension pots that I could then transfer into a SAS. Okay. So at the moment, it's really not worth my time having that. Again, seek your own um, pension advice. When I've got a bigger lump sum, then yeah, definitely. And as my business can afford to pay me Um, X amount into my pension a year, then yes, the SAS pension is really, really going to be helpful. Today, right now, it is not. It's just far easier and far more helpful for me to just be building up my investments in my limited company now that I'm not investing in my own name. Got that out of the way. So here's how we do it. Client comes to me and they say, hey, Natasha, I've got X amount in my SAS. Um, I would like to invest in commercial property. Fantastic. We only find commercial property for uh, clients with SAS pensions. I am not getting into that crossover of should you be investing in residential or not? It is a gray area. Um, I don't want to be responsible for you having to pay a penalty of 50% of your pension. Hell no. So come to me and do that. Now, there are two options. And this, again, is really up to you and what you want to do and what you have spoken to your accountant and your um SAS 
trustees about, you can either buy the commercial property in your SAS, so it's held in your SAS pension. Um, You will notice that a lot of people who have SAS pensions and are holding uh, property in their SAS pensions have done it um, because they own a business that trades out of that property. So part of their business um, occupies part of that property. And you normally see those sorts of properties uh, going up for sale as well. Hint, hint, it's a really good way of buying commercial property. If you know other people with SAS pensions and they want to sell, um, why don't you just buy a SAS, a commercial property in that SAS and transfer it to your SAS? Hmm? Okay, that's one hint. So you can either buy the property in your SAS and um, you can buy it with 100% uh, cash down if that's something that you want to do, really up to you. Um, You can get a mortgage in your SAS. There's not a lot of products out there for it. Usually it's about 50% loan to value, which is why... um, investors are kind of a little bit like, oh, well, it's not really that great for me unless I'm buying, um, using 100% cash. So it really is up to you. Um, if we are working with investors who want to buy an SAS pension, generally what we're doing is we're buying in cash. We are um, increasing the value of that property. We're increasing the income in that property. We get it remortgaged probably up to that 50% loan to value um, to use that cash back into, take that cash, put it back into the pension and then we can go again. So again, great. Um, You discuss the payouts of that pension uh, with your SAS trustees. Again, I will only do that with investors who say, yes, we definitely want to invest in our SAS. And we've had the financial advice that says that that's what we want to do because again, it's your pension. It pays out as a pension does. Now, the most common thing that we're seeing investors do because um, then they can take their money outside of their SAS is they set up a limited company and they are the directors and they loan money to their limited company. Now, this is slightly trickier in terms of strategy. You have to be a little bit more patient in the properties that you're finding. Now, we are finding good properties. But these are kind of the rules that we're coming up with around it. Um, So if you loan money from your SAS into your limited uh, company, and if I'm teaching you to suck eggs, that's fine. I'm just going through it as as I see it and as we know it so that you can bear this in mind. So when you loan from your your SAS into your limited company, number one, you have to pay an annual interest rate. Yes, it can be low. Usually it's about 1.1% is what we put on it. Um, But that, again, is something that you agree with your trustees. Um, You must pay back the loan, um, at least 20% of the loan per year. Hmm. So, So that is a big kicker you have to be able to take 20% of the amount that you've loaned out of your limited company and pay it back into your SaaS on an annual basis plus um, that interest. So we have to bear that in mind with the strategy. The SaaS can usually only 
lend up to a maximum of 50% of the SAS to your limited company as well. So there's a cap on how much can be loaned. Um, and then the SAS must have the first charge um, on the property that's being bought in the limited company because they are now the lender. So all of these things we have to take into account. The 20% payback on an annual basis gets easier the more properties you have because the more of an income that you have going in. But when you are first starting out, you first want to buy commercial property in your SAS, you need to have a way of getting that 20% pretty quickly. And so to do that, you are going to be buying a property that you can increase in value. Now, commercial to residential developments don't really work for this because it takes so long to do the development, especially at the moment, with the costs of everything um, skyrocketing and supply chains being really tough. So the way in which you are going to do this is you are going to be buying a commercial property that needs some sort of leasing strategy put in place, which is going to increase the value of that property. You are also going to have to be leveraging your situation where you have got technically cash that you're using to purchase it with um, to negotiate a discount. That is really, really, really vital. So you're getting a discount on purchase. You've also got a way of increasing the value of that property. Um, that is through lease renewals, getting a new tenant in, if there is a rent review where you can increase the value of the rent, or maybe even the Regearing the leases. That is one of our specialities. That is what we do. The reason being is that if you secure a higher rent for a longer period of time, you have more security. So this building is less risky, which means the value of that property goes up. The other benefit of that is then you have more cash coming in. So as you want to borrow more money from your SAS, you have that cap capital that's coming in on a monthly basis, which means that you can start and paying back that 20%, right? So this is how we start building strategies. It's always the first couple of properties which you have to act on really quickly. You have to see the, the opportunities there. You're not just going to be able to buy something to sit on because you're never going to get that money back out to repay your SAS. So we have to act quickly. You have a 12 month period to buy the property and start negotiating and then turn it around, remortgage it in your limited company, take all the cash back out and repay your SAS. That's really what's going to have to happen so that you can borrow again for the next property. And so this is the way that we have been using our clients' SAS pensions to invest in commercial property. Really, in their limited company, um, buy commercial property, office and retail, really industrial at the moment, we don't get as much value out of. That is the, um, because commercial property has, because industrial property, sorry, has um, such low yields at the moment, there isn't so much that we can do with that because they're normally priced um, accordingly, they're priced really high right now. So what we are doing is we're doing the research around an area and we're seeing where there is still demand from commercial tenants. And there is still demand from commercial tenants, just an FYI. I don't think that um, 
don't think that no matter what, oh, commercial is not working right now. It is working. There are a lot of tenants out there who are looking for space. And so we look at where there is demand and then we start to look around there to see if there's any properties available that have opportunities. That is where we start finding locations. And then from there, we look for properties that have opportunities in them to increase the value, to change around the leases, um, to sort out any management problems. And we go in and we are pretty aggressive with that in the first 12 months. We need to do that really by month seven or eight, because then the remortgaging process, as I've just told you at the start of this podcast, is taking a huge amount of time. So we're allowing four months for the remortgaging process so that we can, you know, repay, I hope, all of the SAS loan, um, 100% of it within the 12 months, but at the very least that 20%. We have to have that money on board, but we also have to be very wary of the fact that we're capped at only being able to use 50% of that SAS pension. So what we really want to do is pay all of that um, SAS back and then reborrow for the next and keep recycling that again until we have got enough properties that, you know, that can be paying back 20% of that SAS loan on an annual basis. So when you're asking me, How to use your SaaS to invest in commercial property, that is how we have been doing it. Um, I love your questions. Please, can you send me more specific questions for this podcast? I would absolutely love to answer your questions, to discuss these subjects. Um, It's natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. I would love to hear from you. I want to know what topics you would like to hear going forward. I'm back recording this. I'm, of course, going to keep you updated on what I'm doing. Um, Thank you for coming back and listening to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you again. And I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.